you pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there anything here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, don't a lot of people act like religion is a performance art? A performance art? Hey, what, what do you mean? You mean like acting? Yeah, like acting out, acting religious, doing stuff that you're not, don't really represent oh, your heart. Being not who they are. That sounds like a hypocrite. Oh, Jesus had a lot to say about hypocrites. He had a lot to say about hypocrites, and he'll do it today on More, More Than, Than Ink. Well, yes, indeed, this is More Than Ink. I'm sitting across from Dorothy. And I'm sitting across from Jim. And we're looking out the window and we're seeing... Snow. snow. Yeah. <laughs> we're recording this at the end of March and we're still getting snow here. So, and uh, yeah, we're past uh, the first day of spring too and we're still getting uh, we snow. We are. And I just yeah. saw a picture of this same date last year with crocuses blooming and well, they're not even visible this year. Yep. There you go. Anyway, we're not depressed by that because we're reading God's <laughs> word together. We're going through the book of uh, Matthew and uh, we are currently in the most famous sermon of Jesus's in the entire Bible. And probably some of the most familiar words. Very, very well quoted. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. So, uh, so this will be familiar to you. It's familiar to us. But now listen, don't let that familiarity kind of jade you. Don't let it kind of take the edge off your observation skills. Because as a Bible reader, as we were talking to someone just this morning, you can go back and read the same passages of Scripture uh, many times and come away with new insights and new thoughts that the Holy Spirit gives you. So, uh, so don't think, hey, got this one mastered. I don't have to wake up. We'll just kind of read our way through it and go to sleep and come back. No, listen to this carefully and turn on turn on the brain this is interesting stuff <laughs> interesting stuff so we're in the sermon on the mount jesus is giving us instructions about well the kingdom of heaven and its citizens those who are invited there and uh uh, so as he's as he's on the mountain there in northern Galilee at the top of the Sea of Galilee, he's talking to a large gathered crowd, and uh, and we're starting into chapter six. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that he's been talking about the kingdom and entry into the kingdom. And if you remember, we had in the last chapter five been reading about the righteousness, and he said, unless yeah, right. your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, right. you're not getting in right. the kingdom. But he had already said the way into the kingdom at the beginning of his ministry is repent and believe. Repent. Repent and believe. So, yeah. you know, he's going to go on here talking about the practice of righteousness yeah. among those who are inheritors or citizens of the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. He has already contrasted where he's coming from as the Messiah when we talk about it. He's already t contrasted uh, what the true take on the kingdom and the law is relative to the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Remember, that's why he said yeah. your, your righteousness has to exceed them. And they're, they're going to be back in the crosshairs today. Yep, yep. <laughs> so let's, let's take a look and see where they're kind of going astray because before you point your finger at them, you got to realize we have the same tendencies. Okay, and he's going to identify two groups of people, the yes. hypocrites yes. and the Gentiles. So yes. insiders and outsiders. Insiders yeah, who right. perform right. and outsiders who are trying to get in. So, so. <laughs> on your toes. If you follow with us, we're in chapter Chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 1. So okay. Take it. So he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the right. hypocrites do in the streets 
and in the synagogues, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Okay. How far are we going? Let's just stop there okay. for now. I mean, this this section right here is actually, uh, it hits on a very common three-point theme in a lot of religions. I mean, if you look at Judaism, talks a lot about giving and mm-hmm. praying and fasting. Right. Even if you look at Islam, I, I went check, there's the five pillars of Islam. The first three are giving and praying and fasting. The last two are the Hajj, you know, your pilgrimage and, and another reciting. But I mean, these are central to a lot of a yeah, lot of beliefs. I would say they're pretty Giving, central praying, to almost fasting. all practice yeah. of religion. Yeah. Uh, who you give to and how you pray and fast, right? Self denial right. for right. the purpose of pleasing your God. Right. So these are central practices. Yeah, very central. So he starts off with the needy, and he says, "Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them." So really, he's, we're getting back to like we did last time, exceeding the, the righteousness of the Pharisees is working back into the motivation of the heart. Right. That's, that's what we're be. talking about. And that's what he's saying here. You know, you, you can practice righteousness. In fact, back in chapter five, he said, let your let your light right. so shine and give glory to God. I so, said that your good works can be seen by good men. Works so how do seen. we reconcile that with this? Don't right. do it well, for them. Well, good works is good works is good works. But here the motivation is right. selfish. And so we're really right. back to heart issues again in order to be seen by them or you'll have no reward from your father who's in heaven yeah so again we have to talk about what's the heart's drive toward this kind of righteousness what are you seeking and when you see the needy and you give to them is it really self-serving so people will see you or is it really selfless for their benefit well it's interesting that jesus uses this word reward over and over and over again in this passage and a reward literally is is something you earn Mm -hmm, by something mm -hmm. you do but when he says, you know, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Right. Well, God gives a different kind of a reward than the world does. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So this is not an issue about earning something no, from God. No. No. But he, but he's saying your motivation here is wrong. You're, you're, you're working toward a reward from men. Right. What you need to do is change your attention to God and not to earn anything from God, but to say, you know, I want my intentions about why I do this, my motivations to be God-centered and not me-centered. That's what he's getting at right here. And he, it's interesting that he identifies that the group of people who practice this are the hypocrites. The hypocrites. Yeah, well, a hypocrite the hypocrites. is the ancient hypocrites. word that was used for an actor. Yep. yep. Somebody who behind the mask has a mask that says one thing, but who right. they are behind the mask is something other. Yeah. Well, who, that's still Who true. they are and how they act are disconnected. That's an actor. Yep. Performers. They are performers. performing yeah, for an audience. In this sense, they're performers on the world stage. And mm. we, we have this in spades today as well. Yeah. People who do things because they want to be seen about doing them, not necessarily because they care about what they're accomplishing. They you want know, to be seen. That begs the question. Uh, do we do our good works because we want to be righteous or we just want to be seen as righteous. Right, right, No, that's right. what Jesus is, is driving at here. Yep, that's exactly what he's driving at. And he said before, he wants our behaviors to flow naturally downstream from the state of our hearts. From who we are, yeah. Yeah, the, the hearts that God has transformed. But here, in a sense, we're applying these quote-unquote good behaviors or slapping them on the right, outside right. of ourselves, hoping that people think upstream our hearts are as pure as our actions are. But in, in fact, for a hypocrite, they're not. And if you remember way back in the beginning of this sermon in chapter 5, verse 6, when he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right. right? Hunger right. and thirst are inner. 
inner desires still inner things yeah 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 so we're still in the we're still in the realm of the heart here because yeah. he's not condemning giving to the needy no. at all it's a good thing to do what Matter he's fact, saying it is expected it, it, exactly right <laughs> it's exactly right but if you're doing it because you want to be noticed that's wrong. That's just totally wrong. He, sa- he says in verse two, you know, that they may be praised by others. Right. And if that's the reward you're uh, after, that's the reward you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. And nothing more. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it says there, it says, I say to you, they have received their reward. You can add the words in full because right. that, that word right. really means to pay off something. So if you're looking, if you're looking to be paid or to gain something from this hypocritical action, this is all you're going to get. This is all you're going to get, you know, received so, in full. It's interesting. I, I just did a quick concordance search on the word reward. And I came across a verse in Colossians. That's I was looking to see kind of what does the scripture say about rewards? Is it mm-hmm. earning? What is it? Is God something God gives? What? So I came across this passage in Colossians 1, 23, or 3, 23 and 24. Now listen and see if you don't see this connect. Paul says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord mm-hmm. rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is the Lord Christ you serve. Yeah. Oh, so the reward God gives is an inheritance. Mm-hmm. And that connects back into this whole chapter when he continually refers to your father, your father, your father, your father. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, God is... As, a, as an inheritance stored up for us that he is ready to give. Jesus had already told him, little children, uh, your father's delighted to give you the kingdom. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not something exactly. you earn. You don't earn it. And we got to keep emphasizing that because many times Christians get this idea that good works are bad because, you know, you can't gain your your salvation through good works. Good works gets kind of a bad rap in a lot of evangelical circles. But no, it's good stuff. It's what your heart's intention in doing them is. Are you trying to earn salvation through those works or are they, is it just a natural outcome of the state of your transformed heart that those are two different things but in this particular case in this particular case this giving is not a natural outcome of a, of a reformed heart this is slapping fruit this on the outside of performance your life. giving yeah so so what do you make of that that uh, figure of speech that your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing well that's a good question which is a very well-known idiom it, even in it english is. yeah yeah yeah. Would the right hand be the active hand, the public hand, the, the one everybody hand. sees, right. and the left hand is the personal private one? Yeah, I think that is. And I think probably in a, just a more general sense, it's saying you need to let this kind of giving to the needy be secret. And it is so secret that <laughs> the left side of you doesn't even know what the right side is doing. That's how secret it is. I mean, it's it's that disconnect. It's almost like it's unconscious. So it's a, it's a nice metaphor of saying, well, you are one person and your left hand does know what your right hand is doing, but this is so secret, you're not even totally aware You know, of that's it. interesting because that connects perhaps to the sheep and the goats that we're going to get to much later in Matthew when, oh, yeah. when Jesus is separating the sheep from the goats and he says to the sheep, you know, here's the things that you did and they go, oh, really? When did we do that? Right. It's, un- it's unconscious. <laughs> it was so natural, yeah. so second yeah. nature to them, they weren't even aware of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what it's pointing to. I think right so, here. too. It's just something that's so innate to who you are. One part of your body just isn't even aware it's going on. You, you just do this. So when you pray, 
right? When you give, when you pray, when you fast, it is assumed that those are outworkings of something that we will be doing if we are children of our Father. Right. Well, let's see how we should pray then. Okay. Because he says, yeah, don't pray like that, but pray like this. So read on verse five. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Mm. So prayer is not performance. Same way as giving shouldn't be a performance either. Right, but he has emphasized your father, your father, your father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you pray, verse 7, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. Okay, so these are outsiders. (laughs) Right. For they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, I want to stop right there. Yeah. Because how many times do we hear, even in Christian circles, this... Uh, nauseous the repetition, repetition yeah. of the same phrases over and over yes. and over again, thinking if we pray, if we pray a million times over and over and over, God will hear us. Right, right. Jesus is saying, no, you don't have to pile up your repetitions right, that way. Right. God is your father. He's listening. And, fa- and you should relate to him as naturally as you do to a yes. father. And realize that you are in quite a privileged position as being a child of a father. Right. And so he's listening. I mean, you, there's a connection right there. It makes me think of that song, you know, let your words be few from Ecclesiastes. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're God, God in, in heaven, heaven and I'm here on I'm earth. I'm here on so. earth. So I'll let my words be few. That's right. So really right here. And in fact, you know, in another place it says, if you're even kind of stuck for words, the Holy Spirit will give you utterances. So. Yes. Well, no, it says the Holy Spirit prays with utterances beyond words. Beyond words. In the realm where words have no relevance. So even when when you got zero words. (laughs) Had nothing to say here. The communication is complete. So that's what he's saying. Don't don't turn prayer into a public performance. Come on. Yes, he says, don't pray like that. Pray like this. Verse 9. Here we go. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. And we stop there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the Lord's Prayer. Well, you know, really, the real Lord's Prayer is in John 17. This is This is an example of how to pray. And this is not a mandatory prayer or necessarily an explicit prayer. This is like a model prayer. It is a model. It's a framework on which to hang our understanding of how to pray. And, And yet... Ironically, this has been turned in the modern church into what he was just saying. Don't use into many a words. repetition. Yeah. I know. So it's like uh, you need to go and say the Lord's Prayer five times. You go, now you know. it can be really helpful if you regard this as a framework and yes. take each phrase yes. and go, "Okay, Father, I'm going to hang there for a little while and talk about you as my Father. Yeah. Your name is holy or separated. You know, we can we can kind of work our way through that. Yeah, but it was. It was not Jesus' intention that we memorize this and recite it. That's what he just said. Don't do that. No, because he <laughs> says they're doing the repetition stuff. This is the opposite right. of that. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we could spend a lot of time analyzing this. Oh. But again, I mentioned our father, not just the father, right. our father. Great position of privilege in him calling us to be his children. The father in heaven, you know, it, it talks about the fact that he's still sovereign and, and he's not somewhere right. else in a real sense. I mean, and he doesn't start off by saying you need to just lay out your needs right at the top. 
He said, what he does is when he starts the prayer, he says, let's focus on who God is yeah, and praise who, who he is. God is. Yes. Because, you know, it kind of falls into two sections. The front part is all about you, God, your name, God is. your kingdom, right. your will. Who are you? Yeah. Because then I remember yeah. who I am. It's such a good reminder because many times when we go to prayer, we say, well, you know, we need to take this to prayer. And boom, you go right in and you lay your needs down. There's nothing wrong with laying your needs in front no. of God. But it always is a great discipline to stop and say, let me remember who I'm talking yes. to here. Yes. And that's what he does at the top of this as well. And my father, right. he's in heaven and I'm here in the, in the material time right. world. Gives you a nice context when you pray. As well as well as uh he's saying, God, I'm gonna ask you for something, but at the top I already said I want your will to be done. I mean that kind of overrides everything. But here we go. Because Here's my ask. You're the king. Right. Your kingdom is coming. Your name is holy. Yeah. Right. So I always stop on that phrase because that connects right back into the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. when God mm-hmm. said, you know, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, because yeah. my name is holy his name is separated from sin and not to be identified with yeah. someone who uses it fraudulently or for vain we talked reasons about that a yeah. little while ago yeah, yeah. so you know yeah. it's really worth considering jesus says pray this way yeah remember who god is yeah and then you'll remember who you are yeah and what your needs really are well yeah and when he does get the needs he just says give us this day our daily bread I mean, that's... Yeah, it's literally our needful bread. Our needful bread. Exactly yeah. the bread we need for today, and no that's, more, no less. And that's what bread represents. It's kind of right. the essential for life. What is it, God, give me my essentials for today? And I, I remember someone saying, you know, you need to pray for your needs, not your greeds. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what he's saying right here in just this one little verse in verse 11, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And, and then he goes on and talks about forgiveness. Mm. That's an interesting thing to include in a tidy model prayer right that these if jesus says these are the essential things these are big they're big they're on the top of the list we're praying father keep us alive in our body Mm -hmm. and keep us alive in our souls yeah by dealing with our sin right forgive us what we owe you and then he says, as we already have forgiven those who owe stuff to us. Well, you know, that's a, ooh, that's troublesome. That's like right? when he says that, right? You're doing that, right? Right? Yeah. Well, because sons of our Heavenly Father, as forgiven ones, if we then withhold forgiveness from others who can never owe us as much as we already owe God, yeah. we are not acting out the character of our Father. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the degree to which you uh, overplay the debts that are owed to you, I mean, you make too much of those, and and as a result, you don't forgive. The degree to which you overemphasize those, in a sense, you really underemphasize your own indebtedness to God. That's right. You just demonstrate that you don't really understand how much God has forgiven you. Yeah, you don't really get it. So So. Jesus tells that incredible parable about that in Matthew 18. that's right. So, you know, you all can go look that up. Yeah, Matthew 18. But then he also includes in this spiritual portion of the prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. Now, James tells us that God can't be tempted by sin, and he nope. himself tempts no one. Right, but this right. word is also sometimes translated as testing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, we don't know which way it is to be read as tempted or tested, depending mm-hmm. on who is doing the tempting or the testing and right. what the purpose is. Right, right? right. God's purpose is always to prove us. Yeah. Satan's purpose is always to make us fall. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is why Jesus adds here, and deliver us from evil or the evil one. The evil one is actually a better translation. Yeah. yeah. So so that that uh, caps off his list of his model prayer. And if it you're does. if you're noticing, there's part of the Lord's prayer at the end that's been, that's missing here in this translation. <laughs> well, for that is the kingdom and the power and glory. Oh. That part, yeah. It, it turns out in in most modern translations, they'll kind of flag that because that addition looks like it was added later. Uh, it wasn't in the original thing that Jesus said. And, and it's sound and it's biblical. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But it probably didn't occur in this particular place because no, no. Jesus goes right on talking about forgiveness. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Again, if you have a warped view of what people owe you, then you really have a warped view of That's right. what God has done in forgiving your sins. You have not understood you don't get what it. God has done for you. Yeah. It's a it's quite it's it's a quite a reciprocal kind of principle. If if you don't understand how much God has forgiven you, you're probably going to treat right people who owe you very badly and and that's that's a way in which outwardly that action which is so crazy when you talk about it should clue you into the fact that you don't really have a good grasp of what you've gained and what god has done in forgiving you right you don't really have a good idea about that and when we persist in unforgiveness toward others it eats us from the inside out exactly yeah exactly it kills us yeah and forgiveness is just such a big issue and it comes up so often it made me think of the paralytic uh, who's dropped down oh, to the roof, yes. right? And in that particular case, uh, uh, as, as the drama ensues while this guy is being plopped down in front of Jesus, he looks down at the guy and he doesn't say you're healed. He says your sins your are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. The whole room freaks they're out. like, what? <laughs> you who, can't say who that. Who does the guy think yeah. he is? <laughs> yeah. Go check and that out. That's, this guy is paralyzed. He, what has he done? Right, <laughs> right. right. And it, I mean, it just, it, it's just—it's—it's a—it's a great scene. I—I I looked at the passage. If you want to go check it out, it's in Matthew nine. It's also in Luke somewhere. I forget where. But anyway, forgiveness is a big issue, and your grasp on how valuable your salvation is through the blood of Christ is measured by how well you forgive other people. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting kind of tell. Okay, let's go on to fasting. Oh, we need to. Verse 16, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, Mm -hmm. but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So a similar theme, you know, fasting isn't bad, But don't do it in order to be seen, in order to get praises from other people. Yeah, so is your religion, your practice of religion, a performance? Right. To gain the approval Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the people who are watching you? Mm -hmm. Or is it an outward expression of something that has already taken place in your renewed heart? Right. And fasting is something that he's saying here shouldn't really even be public. No, nobody needs to know. No one needs to know, so just let that go. However, uh, Jesus told that parable of the two guys that went down to the temple to pray. Mm -hmm. You know, as a tax collector and a Pharisee. And the Pharisee gets up there violating two things in this passage (laughs) and does this prayer out loud. But he says, says, I fast twice a week. That's part of his thing. Yeah, Yeah. I do this. And so, I mean, he's violating this whole section right here. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, so... In fact, I looked up where that is if you want to check it out. Luke 18. So so here indeed, again, don't do these things which are okay to do. Don't do these them. These are all good things. Don't do them for the praise of men. That's yeah. just not what it's all about. 
at all. And in fact, fasting is kind of mysterious to a lot of people. I don't think we have enough time to go into we don't. the ups and downs of what it really is. It is, it is actually required in uh, the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement. Um, that's the only place where that's it's the only required. place I know of but it it does have practical and valuable application in our lives today and we'll just have to hit on that another time and in the age we live in which is all about satisfying yourself not denying yourself yes it is a worthwhile discipline to consider that's all I'm going to say about that at the moment <laughs> <laughs> we could go on we have passions about this we could go on about it but 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 yeah, it's a it, it, the simple the simple answer in a way is it's a denial of an appetite, and there's nothing wrong with denying that appetite. But we are not creatures like animals that live by our appetites. But but we focus on things exactly. more importantly, and it's not wrong to eat, and it's n- not wrong to fast. In its place, it can have some great value, great value. But the deal here is, who are you doing it for? Right. And who are you calling attention? Two. Yeah, so if we were fasting, you know, and we went and saw people and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm feeling really miserable because I'm, I'm fasting really today. I'm hungry today. I Don't eat that in front of me. I haven't eaten since right. last night. You know, <laughs> I know, no, you're kind of, you're fishing for people's sympathy. And so for, for people to say, or for ooh, them to be impressed, aren't ooh, you spiritual? you fast, ooh. Yeah. No, don't do all that stuff. That's just crazy. So the same theme right here when it comes not only to giving to the needy, but for praying and for fasting. Don't do these things publicly in order to gain the praises of people who will say, wow, you are really very righteous. No, don't See, do that. You know, that takes us back into that Colossians passage I read. It's the Lord you're serving, not men. Exactly. And from the Lord, you'll receive the reward of the inheritance. Yes. He's coming in his kingdom and you will be there. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to do this performance to earn that position. Oh, no, but, you don't get into the kingdom by any of this. But, but people who are not truly saved don't get that. They right. still think it's kind of a performance thing, yeah. you know. So, and in fact, even when it comes to giving to the needy, I'll give to the needy. Tell me how much I have to give. What percentage of my right. income I have to give. So I can measure it. And so I can measure it. Make sure I hit the mark. Exactly. So, and that's just wrong thinking altogether. Giving to the needy is a great thing to do. Don't do it as a way of religious highlighting of yourself. Because God does. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. that was his point previously, was the fact when we come back to the heart issues, we need to have our hearts transformed by God so our hearts are evidenced in what we do as glorifying who God right. is. You know, who does stuff like this? Well, people whose hearts have been transformed by God. Those are the people who do this kind of thing. And it glorifies God. Well, we're out of time. Oh, yeah. And come back as we continue to push on here in the Sermon on the Mount. Great stuff to come next time. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we'll come back to the Sermon on the Mount here on More, More Than, Than Inc. Inc. There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website, morethaninc.org. And while you're there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. That's pretty close. That's good. You want to listen to it? Nah. This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.